Hi, besties. It's Bestie April here uh, without Molly for the first time ever. Um, I am here to give you a special intro of the episode that you are about to listen to. So unfortunately, when Molly and I went to record this episode called for The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner, um, our normal recording platform was down and we used an alternate platform for the day. And we found out uh, a week later that the episode actually didn't record properly. Um, so we have decided to re-release a fan favorite from season one, our, the episode we did on Twilight by uh, Stephanie Meyer. Um, this has been a fan favorite episode. It has a lot of streams. It's one that we reference a lot on the pod um, when we talk about vampire sperm. And um, there's a lot of great inside jokes in the Bestie fandom in this episode that you're about to hear. Um, so short summary of how we felt about uh, Sarah Penner's The Lost Apothecary. Um, neither one of us ended up liking it. For me, uh, one star was too many. I rated it one star on Goodreads. However, um, it's maybe half a star for me. I, as you all know, I don't really like historical fiction. Um, and so already that was you know, taxing for me. This is the third historical fiction we were doing for the month of March. Um, but the story in and of itself just never came together for me. Um, I really didn't like one of the narrators for the audiobook either. And that made um, me dislike the book even more. Um, Molly also didn't actually like this book. So because we both didn't like it, um, and our episode was actually really short that we uh, that we uh, lost the recording for because um, we really didn't have anything positive to say about it. So this actually is like a happy accident um, that this happened because we want to bring you quality content every week. And um, that episode just the book wasn't quality. And so the episode suffered because of it. Um, Sadly, we lost the episode anyway, and I was still forced to read that godforsaken book. Um, but here we are. We are going to visit an episode from season one where we read Twilight by Stephanie Meyer, um, which I hosted this episode. And it is this series is a favorite of both Molly and I, and we hope you enjoy it. Um, we hope you come back next week. Next week, we will actually have special guest Nurse Katie as we read uh, The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. Um, and I'll just show you all the books if you are watching on Instagram, um, excuse me, if you're watching on YouTube, we will be reading The Fault in Our Stars by John Green um, for the first week in April with special guest Nurse Katie. Uh, we will read Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman for the second week in April. For the third week in April, we will read Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton, and we will wrap out the month with our 42nd episode as we read Douglas Adams' The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. If you know The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, then you understand why we're doing this for the 42nd episode. But that episode will be super special to me because we will have a guest host that episode who happens to be my husband, the love of my life, our editor, Tom. So that's all we have for you right now. Um, please follow us on social media as we continue to grow our social media presence. We post a lot of information. We post very funny reels and TikToks. Um, and uh, we did our first Instagram live today to talk about how we had this screw up with the episode. Um, so that's all I have for you. I hope you enjoy this revisit of our fan favorite episode, Twilight. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. She's Molly. She's April. And we are the Book Besties. Meet Denise, who's 40, and she's an accountant by day and just was trying to find love and got bit by a dude in a club and now has to figure out how to feed herself. Pop your cherry, you're a vampire. Girl, girl, are you passing a kidney stone? Are, 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 are you birthing a small child? What is going on? I'm going to sleep with all these human women and find out what happens. Science is fun, kids. If they weren't driving flashy cars, if they were driving Audis, this is a horrible story. Yeah. Hey, hey babe. Okay. Oh my gosh. Are so, we matching? Um, we're totally matching. Minus my Penelope Cruz glasses.
which ooh, I like those. They, are they new? Um, no, yeah, no, I just yeah. don't wear my glasses as much as I should, you know, because terrible yeah. lenses and all that jazz. I have a pair from there too. That's like my backup pair that I was all excited because it's like pink and that's my favorite color. Mm-hmm. It's like right. this color pink. It's and a jam. That that my wall is behind me. If you're watching on YouTube, this is the color of my glasses, and I was so excited about them. But I never wear them. I wear these that I oh, paid no. an arm and a leg for from the eye doctor. I, do. I like your eyeglasses. I know. Like for some reason, I just sort of feel like you know. I love pink. It's my favorite color, but it doesn't go well with red hair and freckles and green eyes. And I say, do you, boo boo? Do you? But I don't know. Zenny's my jam. Not sponsored, by the way. Zenny's we're not jam. sponsored by anybody. Not hey, sponsored. I'd love to have them as a sponsor I mean, someday. We will but we're be not more than to wear glasses. <laughs> Zenny's my jam. I have yeah. rainbow sunglasses. I have those green ones I wear all the time. Yeah, I yeah. Have, like those. So I mean, I, Zenny's my we, jam. We buy our we buy our oldest. Uh, glass, not sunglasses, but his glasses from there because uh, he's had glasses since he was five, mm-hmm. and like they're expensive, and he breaks them a lot. So that's, that's where why we go with there. from because I yeah. don't with expensive glasses. Yeah, he's a tween. Hard. I forget everything. Yeah, it's hard. Okay, so I guess we should get into it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean you're hosting this. You're both. Uh, yeah, I'm hosting this week. Yay! I picked the book that we're doing this week. So. Uh, welcome everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. Episode three. This is very Woo-hoo! exciting. Uh, we appreciate the comments, the feedback, the sharing, um, the, the people like who are following. Yeah. Liking and subscribing and our followers. Um, we definitely, them. We yeah, yeah, <laughs> we definitely value feedback. And so, you know, we're new to this and this is just a fun project for us. And if you listen to the first episode, you know that this is just about us connecting together and sharing our love of books with other people. And so it's great to have everyone here. Today, we're actually going to talk about a, the book I picked, which is Twilight. Which um, is our bonding book, by the way. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. Um, and also The Hunger Games was the other one, because we definitely yeah, see the movie together for that one. And That's true. Um, but uh, Twilight is, I think it's a good choice for our third pod, because it's one of those books that people passionately love and people passionately hate. Oh, and, so many people um, hate it. So many people hate it. And I think that like within the fandom, there's even like elements of it that you can hate and it is such a good guilty pleasure book. Um, and so, yeah, so we're going to talk about Twilight today and um, we'll... Lots of strong opinions for sure. Yeah, lots of strong opinions for sure. Um, so... Um, yeah, let's get started, I guess. Oh, I do want to say that, um, we do realize that there are four books in the series. Um, uh, we have, we have read all of them, um, several times. several times. I just reread Twilight again, uh, a few months ago. Um, it is my guilty pleasure book for sure. And we know that there are four books in the series, but we're going to focus on the first one today. We may like pull in smidges of things later that happen. And if you want to hear us cover the others, tell us in the comments. Yes, let, let us know. Be, or let us a comparison contrast to between the two the books in the series. We have yeah. lots of opinions about that. Yeah, there. Yeah, that series can get a little plot holy. So, um, <laughs> um, so we can definitely, if you are interested in hearing our take on. Um, you know, New Moon, Eclipse, and Breaking Dawn. We can definitely do that later, but today we're just going to focus on Twilight, the book that spurred the fandom of many young teens, tweens, adults who like shiny vampires. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna pull a quote from uh, a Deborah Harkness book. Vampires do not sparkle. If anybody ah. is a fan of Deborah Harkness's series, she has very very strong feelings about vampires and how they sparkle so nice is that from discovery of witches it is it's really well funny. yay listeners if you uh, like that series if you're a fan of that series we're gonna be covering that one later in the pod um so i just got the book from the library so i will start yay! reading it i'm super excited. yeah i know i haven't read it twilight. but we but we gotta focus on twilight so word Let's talk about Twilight. Um, at this point, I don't feel like we can have spoilers for this because if you haven't seen the movie or read the book of Twilight, you're probably never going to. Or if you, you live under a rock. If you live under right. a rock, that's not our problem, babe. It's it's sort of like me with Harry Potter. Like, I don't like it, but I know all the things. Like, I know what house I am. 
and all that stuff. So, um, now she reluctantly knows her house. Let's make that clear. Yes, I'm a Ravenclaw. I know that, <laughs> but I don't really know what that means. But anyway, um, uh, so let's talk about it. So it's a guilty pleasure book for real. Um, it is one of those books that, um, like for me, when I read it for the first time, yeah, let's talk about that. When I read it for the first time, I was teaching high school. So you all know that I'm a children's librarian, so I no longer work at high school. Um, but I was teaching high school at the time and Twilight was like huge. Um, my students were all reading it. Everybody wanted to, you know, be team Edward or team Jacob and like all the things. So they were like, you have to read this book. And I was like, okay, I'll read it. Um, which I frequently did for my students, but like I fell deep into the fandom at the same time, about maybe a month after I started after I read the first book, um, I actually met my husband, um, who is incredible, and he is the editor of this podcast. Um, which he will and edit out that we said. That which he will probably edit editor. out that we said that. Um, <laughs> uh, he actually bought me the whole hardback series at box oh, set, sweet. which is true love, everyone. That's true love. Um and he read it with me, which is awesome. So I read his favorite book and he read all four Twilight books. And to this day, he still claims um, that he doesn't really like them, but he's read all four books and seen all five movies. So says the who's woman the that's forcibly reading Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so let's see. Um, the first time I read Twilight, I remember seeing a book trailer by a fan on YouTube. Okay. I don't remember what year it was. And I wasn't, I hadn't had Piper yet. So mm -hmm. before 09. And I was like, okay, this definitely looks like a kid made it, but I need something new to read. Yeah. And so I went to Target and remember, everybody remembers when Target had their like spotlight deals for books and yeah. books were like super cheap. And I bought book mm -hmm. one and I was off duty because I was active duty at the time. And I read book one in under a weekend, and I'm like, son of a biscuit-eating badger, I have to read the rest of them. Yeah. And I was yeah. Like, this is a kid's book. Don't tell anybody you're reading it. And now I'm like, whatever. Yeah, I yeah. love these books. Like, I feel like there are a few YA series that, like, really do pull in adult readers. And this yeah. is definitely one of those. Oh, sure. And, and in some ways, this is surprising to me because... Um, I guess the concept of romance isn't something that adults shy away from. I mean, there are, there's a huge, I mean, romance novels, so hand over fist. I mean, they make a lot of money. Um, romance and mysteries, that's what everybody's, you know, the adults are into, not me, but. Um, so I have a theory about this, adults that are into this book. Yeah. So I have a theory. So the reason I think women of, grown women that are into this book. Yeah didn't have what they idealize as high school romance. So hmm. the reason we enjoy these books so much is it touches on something we never had. Interesting. While I had a high school sweetheart. I didn't have what, and you know, I, Brian, we're pals. I dig you, bro. But I don't think what is the traditional high school sweetheart storyline. And yeah. Bella and Edward are like this love at first sight, whole spiel that they believe, believe they belong together and there there's underlining love story from high school that ev everybody thinks they want and desire does that make sense yeah so i mean i can see that i mean i had my first boyfriend um and i dated for over a year and we were like ridiculously cute um <laughs> it was like i don't know if you know the song um oh i can't even think it's by but it's like uh um we sure we sure are cute for two ugly people like that was us yeah. um but i for me this book is so dripping with like saccharine ridiculousness and it came out at the perfect time where emo culture was like a big thing so Hi. everybody was already huh oh, yeah yeah it was high it was yeah so i mean everybody's fun. already painted black and like you know gothy and deathy and like i just have a lot of feelings and it was never I'm a phase, mom <laughs> yeah 
So, like, I feel like it came out at the right time. I think the reason I liked it is because, you know, I, I just liked diving into this cutesy thing. Mm-hmm. And and um, we'll talk, let, we could talk about this now, I guess. For me, this book has, I still read it. I have read it a lot. And I mean, I can't even remember how many times I've read it at this point. But every time I read it now, I I really take an issue with, the romance in it because it doesn't, it doesn't feel romantic. It feels, it feels like two people who want to understand romance, but do not understand love. Well, and it's it's two loners trying to figure out who they are in a world of extroverts. And they're like, you're a loner and I'm a loner. We're mildly attractive to each other. (laughs) Let's figure this out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. Um, I, I Did you read uh, Midnight Sun that I came out last not. summer? Okay, I did so. Get, I did get cliff notes from a 12-year-old. Does that count? <laughs> so um, for, for our listeners, Midnight Sun, and I guess for Molly, who hasn't read it, Midnight Sun is the Twilight, the first book of Twilight series from Edward's perspective. And... It actually made me like him less and feel like I could see that he's very creepy. Like he's like, he's a creepy vampire, but I don't feel that way when I read Twilight. Okay. <laughs> I only felt that on way when first, I read Midnight Sun. On my first reading to the second reading, mm-hmm. it, there, I wrote a note about this and like Bella is constantly stressing about how Edward looks at her. And mm-hmm. it's like, Dude, stop putting your issues on her. Whatever your yeah. problem is with her is not her fault. And I'm like, girl, snap out of it. Whatever yeah. Edward's issues are, aren't you, right? Like, right. just because like I, Edward yeah. has a problem isn't your problem. He is your, literally, he is just a desk mate in one class. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I'm more of an adult adult now than when I read it the first time when I was still technically adult and in charge of teenagers, so I don't know who okay. thought that was a good so idea, but... We're jumping I, ahead. Did you want to do, like, a overview? I didn't even think about that. Uh, I am not sure that we really need an overview of this one. Okay. Do you Do you think no. we do? Okay. If you don't know what the book means, if you don't, oh, sorry, let's try that again. If you don't know the storyline, leave a comment. Somebody will be more than happy to tell you yeah. what the book's about. <laughs> Here's the short version of Twilight. Bella Swan moves from Arizona to Forks, Washington, from Phoenix, Arizona to Forks, Washington. BTW, Fork, the people of Forks, as a person of the fandom, I apologize for right. what our fandom has done to your poor little town. Yeah. I'm sure Although the Quailu tribe actually has on their website like some of the myths that that's are from fantastic, this, which is really I cool. I still feel bad that I mean we may have helped your economy, but seeing twelve year olds covered in glitter saying that they're vampires probably not the way they wanted. Not to know the awesomest them. thing, and we're. I mean, I will apologize. I'm sorry if I fed into <laughs> that dynamic. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, so the rest of the synopsis is that after she moves there, she meets, I mean, essentially, I call them the popular crowd. They seem to be the popular crowd that she hangs out with. Um, And then, huh? The plastics. The plastics. (laughs) Yeah, Jessica would totally be a part of the plastics, 100%. Um, 100%. So so she meets the Cullen family um, when you're really... Have, when you read this more than once or have dived into the fandom, you know that they're not all Cullens, that some of them are Hales and it's a whole thing. But really, they're not all Cullens because they're all vampires and none of them are actually related to each other. And she has feelings for the youngest one who has the bronze hair, which they never got right in the movies. And um, I he has a crooked smile because what's a good YA book without a boy with a crooked smile. smile. (laughs) I mean, technically Dr. Cullens did turn several of them. Yes. Some of them have his genetics and technically make them family. Well, see, we can get into like, like weird 
plot holes later in this, but like, I don't know. Um, so yeah, so they fall in love. The lion or the lamb falls for the lion. What a stupid, what a, the lion falls for the lamb. What a stupid lamb. What What a a masochistic masochistic lion. lion. Yeah. I messed that up. I'm sorry, Stephanie Meyer. I apologize. I literally have that hanging on my wall in my office. Like I'm not joking. That quote is on my wall in my office. Um, so sorry about that, but, um, yeah, so they fall in love and, you know, what's a girl to do when she loves a vampire? Like, what do you do? He wants to eat you, but not really because he's a vegetarian. He eats, drinks animal blood. Yeah. Vegetarian. vegetarian. So that's the story of the first Twilight book. And also, of course, there are people that want to kill Bella because what kind of story would it be? And I think this gets to my next point. So let's talk about Bella as a heroine or main character. What do you think about this? Okay, so I have a couple thoughts on Bella. First and foremost, like when we first meet Bella, we learn she's the grown up in her life. Yeah, she is. She is raising her mother. Mm-hmm. When she goes home to Forks, she's taking care of Charlie, which I have beef with the fact that they don't show that in the movie because she's constantly making meals for Charlie. She's doing the dish, the yeah. laundry, the dishes. And instead they like eat at a diner, which is ridiculous. I get it because they needed more backstory to show these vampires in town or whatever. We'll get into the movie crossover. But I find Bell I, I find it that Bella reached out to someone that was more emotionally mature because mm-hmm. Edward is more emotionally mature yeah. in the way 17. I yeah. see her latching on to him as like a, I get it. I see the point of that is yeah. he's the grown up in her life. And I don't think she's ever been a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like she's like she had to learn how to wash. She probably learned how to wash laundry at six years old because her mom flooded the house. That's probably assumption. Yeah, Renee is a mess. Right. Yeah. So I mean, so here's my issue with Bella as the hero of this book. She's not a hero. No. She's the main character, but she's not a heroine. And um, this book is the whole series, with the exception of the last book, which has some chapters written from Jacob's point of view, which was a really weird choice. Um, weird. The the book is told from Bella's point of view. And um, that makes sense because really the audience of that book, the majority of the people who read it are women. Um, and so you're getting, you know, it's the woman's first love experience or whatever. When I read it for the first time, I loved her. I loved her so much. I wanted her to have this great love of her life. She was so awkward and different. And really, she was always made to be a vampire. And like, that's one of the things I loved about the story. Fast forward to a few years later when I read the Hunger Games series and I was like, oh, this is what a woman in YA literature should be. This is what a woman in YA literature should be. Katniss is strong and independent. And the fandoms between these two cross over a lot and get compared a lot. And in the third Hunger Games book, Katniss makes a comment that she overhears uh, two of the characters talking about her and she's going to choose Gail and Peta and she's going to choose the one that she needs the most. And her comment is they're mistaken because I don't need either of them. And I feel like Bella doesn't have that strength without Edwards, without Edwards, she literally falls apart, literally falls apart, which is ridiculous because she, like I said, she was the grown up. Well, and she, and she's 16. How is it she went from being the grown up for her mom and her dad yeah. to this boy leaving town in book two? Right. To not being able to function as a human being. Like Right. Right. I said she was 16. I, she was actually 17. But yeah, so that I totally agree with you. And I feel like even now reading this book as a parent, I have a different view on it than I did when I was like I was single when I read the first book. Like I didn't even know Tom. Um, but now as a parent, when she's like telling Charlie what she's going to do, with, I, it's like when you watch The Little Mermaid as an adult, it's like, no, you are a child. You're going to do what I say because I am your parent. Okay. I made you. I'm going to give you an Elsa quote right now. Yeah. You can't meet somebody you just met. Like yes. Elsa's like, okay, let's, let's all yeah. be Elsa for a moment. 
Yeah. You're not marrying a stranger. No. You are not in love with a dude you just met. No. Two weeks ago. And, and like, I, I totally I, see high school sweethearts working. Like, I have my other best friend. Um, we've talked about her before too. She's right. married to her high school sweetheart. Which is they, they, yeah, they and really grew together. They did. Um, and I think that's actually why we mentioned them with the last one because yeah. you know how she and I had been friends for so long. But, um, but I don't. Bella's never like she's. I oh man, I don't okay, even know. So, <laughs> I don't know. So I let my oldest Piper, who's twelve, going on twenty five. Mm, she always has been. So she, Piper read this and we had a mm-hmm. conversation afterwards and I asked her opinion about Bella and mm-hmm. she goes, she goes, she's really smart. And I go, yes, she is really smart. She goes, why is she whiny? Oh, I like Piper. She's good and people. I go, I don't, and you know, I don't see the whiny until the movies. Yeah. Right? Movie by Bella is, but I think what Piper's seeing is her dependency on someone else and she's, yeah. she's interpreting bella's love me on yeah else. now yeah. don't get me wrong i like bella as a character i think she's she's well thought out i think she's well-rounded i don't think she is a one-dimensional character no i, I don't either i just think that when we talk about female heroines mm-hmm. in books mm-hmm. we want them to be multi-dimensional, but mm-hmm. we also want them to be able to stand on their own two feet. Right. And Bella is written as I need a man. Yeah. Bottom line. And yeah. I mean, she was I mean, again, book two. I'm bunk- jumping into book two, but I mean That's all right. she was like suicidal, right? We literally have chapters that are just a single page that just have a month on them. Right. And in the movie, they do that thing where they like keep spinning around spinning and you around can see the, the scene seasons just, changing and, and she doesn't like move. And off cliffs to see Edward's feet. Yeah. Then it's yeah. just... She's okay. insane. Anyways, so... Yeah, so I mean, I totally agree with you. And I also feel like what books... And, and this is me being a librarian and like I criticize literature for a living. Like a li- I love being a librarian because part of my job is reading books and deciding if they're good for kids to be on my shelf. Like, should right. I put this on my shelf? Um, I don't feel like the way that we are writing female characters right now, no. that a character and like I, Bella holds up because no, we are I, writing young empowered women. Right. And I don't think we are writing relationships that way anymore. No, I personally no. am not. Ra- I'm writing YA now, and I'm not writing relationships like that. Right. right now. We're, but if you do want to have your this conversation with your kids, if you're here because you're an adult and you've never read the books, and you're like, cool, maybe I'll learn something. If you do, your kid does read this. Read it with yeah. them. Have right. a conversation with them about what relationships look like. Because right. let's not lie. All relationships are different. Right. Marriage is not just one way romantic relationships are just not one way the way you can be romantic and platonic with somebody you can be Mm -hmm. romantic and in love with somebody and i think this book does not cover the basis of what children tweens need to know about love right and a little deep my bad no no hey i love it i love it um and i feel like what this book does is it gets the idea that you need to be lost in that first relationship. Because as you mentioned, she went from being the person who took care of her mom right. and her dad right. to, to being completely lost and consumed by right. that relationship. I will say this. The longer she's in Forks, the more Charlie's taking care of her. I did notice, like, I did write down that Charlie put the snow chains on her car. Like, know. you know, and he bought he the that. he bought the truck for her, which was really sweet. And like, he bought the bedding and, and set yeah. up her room and did right. the things. Yeah. Right, like I mean, but he, I don't think Charlie knows how to be a dad. Yeah, Charlie knows how to be good time Charlie. Right, because he had her on the weekends, but now that right. Bella's there consistently, he doesn't know how to parent. Well, that that leads to one of my other things I wanted to talk about: Are Renee and Charlie good parents? Are either of them good parents? Parenting is a scale. Yeah. Parenting is a scale. And I didn't have... My mother was a great mom. My birth father 
I, I don't talk about this a lot, but my, what, my parenting dynamic wasn't amazing. Right. But that does not take away from the other grownups in my life growing up right. that made up my parenting dynamic. I had my Aunt Pam. I had grandparents. I had other people that showed me how grownups behave in the world. Right. Did I have to still learn things from other adults when I became an adult? Yes. Yeah. But my point, I'm getting to a point, I swear. My <laughs> point, my point is, is she wasn't abused. Mm-hmm. She wasn't maltreated. She was loved. Let's not, let's underline this. Both her parents loved yeah, her. Yeah, they loved her a lot. For they sure. loved her a lot. And I think both, I don't think Charlie nor Renee were ready to be parents. And yeah. I think they were doing what was, they thought was best for Bella. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that looks differently, right? Yeah. I, I think Renee, that meant teaching Bella how to be a, like a caregiver. Charlie yeah. was space. Charlie was parenting by space. He was right. in her business when he felt like it was important. He right. was in her business when he felt she needed him. Right. But parenting looks different from different points of views. Right. So I, I think, I feel like when I read the book and all of the books, really, I really struggle with Renee's decision to leave Bella. Oh, it's and very selfish. It is. And even though Bella says that she chose that and that she's going to go be with her dad or whatever, to me, it looks like you chose a man over your daughter. And like, what kind of example does that set for her? And then she goes and falls in love with a vampire. So obviously it wasn't a very good one. Well, um, I feel like Bella to parent her mom is her right. Boy. I'm sure that conversation went, I'll stay here with you if you want. And Bella feeling the need to fix that situation as yeah. always with Renee. She's like, no, right. mom, go. I'll live with Charlie. Right. right. But I also feel like, I mean, I know that she, yeah, I, I know Renee is not a, a real person, although Molly and I enjoy talking about fictional characters as if they are real people. Because they but are I, in our hearts. God but I feel it. like my gut reaction, if I knew someone personally who did that, I would be like, oh, why? But then the other part of me is like, but she really hasn't had that time with her dad. And I actually like the dynamic between Charlie and Bella. I don't always think that he has like control of the situation because she's so used to being independent and kind of doing but whatever she wanted. Charlie doesn't know what he's doing. Right? Yeah. Like true. It's like giving a 12 year old, a golden retriever puppy. Right. And just being like, best of luck, buddy. I hope you figure this out. On right. <laughs> but I, I feel like so many people can chalk up bad relationships to, well, she had daddy issues. And I don't, I don't know that Bella really did. I think no. she had two different, well, really, if you read the book, entire series she had three different lives she had her life with renee Mm -hmm. then she had another life with charlie and then she had a third life that was ultimately her life with the cullens right um i i struggle with it because sometimes i just want to be like charlie you are literally the chief of police how are you letting that boy be up in your house like in the middle of the night what kind of cop are you man come on come on that Charlie's spidey senses don't go off. Right. He's like, he's like, oh, I love Dr. Cullens. Bruh, he's yeah. a vampire. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so that's a great transition to my note here. Um, I'm uh, language war- warning. My note says the Cullens, colon. How the fuck do people not realize they aren't human? <laughs> so the description I mean, of them. Right. You know, like, okay, so I have a note about this actually. Like, the the way uh, Jessica t- explains who the the Cullens are at the lunchroom, mm-hmm. it's like Stephanie Myers was setting up for a movie montage. She was, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can hear the, the plastics cu- song in the background that, yeah. you know? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the little one. They say her hair's full of secrets. Like yes, <laughs> let's not lie. Her dad hair, invented toaster strudel. <laughs> like Alice's hair is full of secrets. Alice's hair, hair is full of secrets. That's for sure. Um, but the way that they're described in there, we talk about them being beautiful. The description is that they're beautiful beyond 
um, you know, human features. Like oh yeah. They're right. Greek gods. They're this. They're right. But I, I don't know. I haven't actually read the graphic novel version of Twilight, but I've seen illustrations and I've read um, the authorized companion um, that Stephanie Meyer wrote, which uh, if you haven't read that and you are a Twilight fan, I highly recommend it because one of the things that's brilliant about it is Stephanie Meyer created all these different stories for characters that are around for like a hot second. They ha- all have a backstory and it's in this book and it's amazing. Um, but she has illustrations. I do that, of like, by the way. A lot of authors I know. Do I do that. I know. I know. Once you told me that you had done that and I was like, good, Stephanie Meyer did that. Um, and she's a <laughs> millionaire now. Um, but but that book has illustrations in it. So you can see what she envisioned. They looked like they don't look human to me. They're very humanoid They're They do not look human. Um, and I understand that they can be beautiful, but that pale skin. Okay. I'm pretty pale, so I can live with that. But they, the way they, (laughs) the way they talk about the dark circles under the eyes. Um, and the, the skin is almost opaque. That kind of things that's not natural. No. And you would be the, let's not lie, CPS would be involved if all the children in this were dating each other. Well, dating each other, and they all look this sick. You're yeah. describing sick children. They're right. opaque. They have circle under your eyes. Okay. They don't eat at lunch. Can we right. talk about this for a second? They have never eaten at lunch. Okay. Yeah. Do you don't think the guidance counselors are gonna walk over and be like, Alice, sweetie? Right. If they weren't driving flashy cars, if they weren't driving Audis, this okay. is a horrible story. Like, okay. this, so, this is like say, an abuse story. I want to segue into something. There is this girl, I'm going to forget her name on TikTok, that does, like, point of views as grown-ups in the high school of... Oh, you sent it to I me. These to you. And she's like... Like, she'll be, like, teachers and the guidance counselors, and they talk about how creepy the Cullen's kids are. Yes. I will find it, and I will put it in the descriptions, because Yeah, she we'll link cool. it to the, in the she, descriptions. Because she's so hilarious, and yeah. she's just, it's so funny. She is so spot on, because she's pointing out things we're all noticing. Yes. Okay, so, um... But the first time you read it, I don't know that you get that because no. you're drawn into this fantasy yeah. of this relationship. Right. And let's not lie. It, it, it's this beautiful. Stephanie Miles writes a beautiful story. It is. Well, I, it, 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 uh, is, it is a lovely story the first time you read it. Several yeah, but honestly, the writing is kind of a hot mess. Right. right. In the first book. In the right. first book. She becomes a much better writer as time goes right. on. And, and we all do. We mm-hmm. all do. So um, I have a couple notes about yeah. um, about like how obsessed the local boys are about Bella. Yeah, like, what like, is up with like, that? Okay, I'm from a small town. Mm-hmm, me too. So every time a new kid came in, everybody was obsessed with them, right? Because yeah, but we weren't obsessed with them in like a positive way. It was like, ew, oh. there's a new kid. Oh, see, not in our school. Like everybody wanted to know them. It, what they were about they, they were nosy it was it was fuel for the rumor mill right but i have a note mike equals golden retriever yes bella bella bella, 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 bella. it's like dude and like all of it's the guys, like that guy has not realized that there are other girls in his school like well and he's, i think like he is like he hasn't noticed girls because he grew up with them I grew, okay, my husband. And yes, I are but very, okay. When you grow up in a small, the way they describe forks is this very small class. Like right. their classes are very small. My husband right. and I graduated from Tioga Center in upstate New York, and in Tioga County, our graduating class was a whole whopping ninety six kids, and wow. that was the biggest graduating class in two thousand two. Is a long time ago, kids. I know. Shh. Um, two thousand turning forty Shh. this year. Oh. But when you grow up with the same kids, when you start in kindergarten with the same people and you grow up with them as you go, you don't always see them in a lustful, attractive way. You just see them. I totally disagree with you because teenagers are always horny and want to get up on that. For word. But I mean, I was always the loud kid that nobody noticed until I had boobs. So, uh... (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. Like I was 
flat okay i'm gonna get gross. Yeah, whatever i was flat chested till high school and then all of a sudden people knew who i was and i was like y'all know i've been here the whole time right i had right. a senior his mom babysat me knew me my whole life would swim every summer with me he's like hey who are you yeah Molly like, there's johnson you jerk face like you've known me since i was seven <laughs> but there's a flaw in this theory that you have oh shit mike didn't grow up there that's true he moved there from california so okay maybe mike it is just wants to find another outsider yeah but it doesn't it doesn't add up to me because he essentially this group of friends that she falls into to me seems like they are the in crowd right and mike has the you know early mid-2000s like slicked hair going on and like he looks like and like Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So he's got that going on, and there's Jessica over there, <laughs> batting her eyes and being all. <laughs> there's Which, no the way, way. There's no way that boy hadn't noticed her. By the way, I I love the casting for this little group. I think. <laughs> yeah. I love the casting for this little group. But well, I and think- Anna Kendrick was cast in the movie before she was Anna Kendrick. Right. You know? And I think she was really good. She was really good in camp. She was. Yeah. Oh, she was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, but I feel like I don't know. Mike just he. I don't know. Mike. There's something about Mike. I just can't shake my. I don't like him. I don't like him. I think it's about having something not everybody else has. Yeah. Bella was, and everybody was chasing her. Okay. I don't like him because I feel like he. I'm actually going to use an example. I know this person will be listening to this because she is our number one fan right now. Um, she may be our only fan right now. I don't know. But I know me. she'll be listening to this. She, uh, So my friend Megan, um, she and I watched the show Zoe, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which big time oh, bummer. I that, love that, that got show so I know, much. I know. Such a bummer. The first season, she really did not like the relationship between Max and Zoe. And I loved their relationship. Why? I wanted them to get together. And here's why. And this is how I feel about Mike. When you are friends with a girl, you do not own the opportunity to be in a relationship with her. Word. And and that is what Megan's biggest issue was with Max and Zoe. And that's the issue he I have like with Mike. He dibs. He thought he had dibs. He called shotgun. Right. So and Mike, you don't get to do that. No, so no, boys, no. if you're listening, you and my sons, if you're listening, you do not get to own a girl because you're friends and with her. Vice versa, ladies. Right. You don't vice own him person. just because she's your friend. Nope. No, we don't and I feel like and, until you're walking to the car, babe cakes, and, and, preach. And I don't think that's something you really understand as a kid and a teenager. You just see shiny thing. I want that thing. And I think it's really hard when you're dealing with the hormones of being a teenager and the you, the brain isn't fully developed until 25 and you're dealing with all of this immaturity, but you think you're grown. And so if you're friends with somebody, it gets really murky of why no don't we have feelings oh. for each other? Oh yeah, I'm um, sure you've seen it in high school. All oh, 100. Like, that that group of like eight friends that were yeah. like four boys and four girls, and they were all dating each other. Yeah. And then yeah. the mystery disease passed around, and they're all oh. one person. And it's never a mystery disease. It's never a mystery. <laughs> it's always mono. Um, <laughs> I, never did I know a student having the clap, but it was mono. There was mono that went around. All right, so okay. So how how about we talk about for a second? Um, let's talk about how vampires are portrayed in this book and in this series. So the traditional vampire, you have the pale skin, the long fingers, which Sleep we do night. get that in that. We we get the dark circles on the eyes. We get that in this book, but we also get can't come out at sunlight. They don't have that issue. They can't come out in sunlight because they'll be shiny. Right. Um, and we get the idea that. Right. Sparkly vampire. I, that's how I like my vampires, personally. Um, but uh, we get the idea that um, there's some sort of altruistic, better than other vampire vampires. And people who are fans of the vampire genre actually do not like Twilight most of the time. I, okay. So as a person that likes vampire novels, mm-hmm. like part of the reason I read Twilight is because I love... It's vampire. Yeah. Vampire. Mm-hmm. Um it feels candy coated. Yeah. I feel and so, like, and so that's why I like it because I don't like scary things and I don't like vampire things, but I, I like this. I feel like <laughs> this is a shiny rock. 
I feel yeah. like vampire stories are supposed there is supposed to be Edward is constantly saying he's dangerous. Mm-hmm. But the way he is written, mm-hmm. he is a puppy. Right. There is no sense, like, even when he, like, tries to show her and he takes her on these runs and he shows her all these things about right. how strong he is. And it just, right. it feels more playful. Right. When you read other vampire novels, there is... They're dangerous. They're very dangerous. There right. is a threat of danger. You will lose right. your life. Right. And Edward's lust for Bella, his need for her blood, this whole thing... it. It's very romantic, air quote, I'll say. Right. It's very, I love you. It's not, I'm going right. to drain you and kill you and you're never going to see the light of day like most vampire novels. Right. And the romance that comes in in vampire novels, traditional vampire novels, it's the idea that uh, he would uh, seduce a woman, a vampire would seduce a woman um into his bedroom and right. then bed her and then eat her basically, right. which, right. yeah. Um, so <laughs> which my mind went somewhere yeah. dirty for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dealer's choice. So um, we do actually get a little taste of that. At, uh, there's a pun pun for you. In the last book, um, we do know that there's a vampire who um, bedded, many women and impregnated them and then right. they there were little halflings like like uh Renesme that were born. Um which again the companion um guide to it goes deeper into his story and he really was like sciencing. He was doing this as an experiment. Like he was like, I'm gonna sleep with all these human women and find out what happens. Right. Um because science is fun, kids. Even for vampires. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I mean, I I prefer my vampire shiny because I don't like scary things. Right. So then, like the baseball scene. I love the baseball scene. Yeah. I I think it's a great scene to show the candy-coated vampire, right? Right. They're fun. They're powerful. There's no no sense of danger. Right. just they're using their power to be fun. Right. Right? Um. But and then, then you get the dichotomy of the traditional vampires. When they come into the game, yeah. Yeah. So I will say you do get a little sense of the bad, evil vampires when mm-hmm. the kids go to the LaPush Beach. Mm-hmm. And Jacob and all the kids from the reservation comes out and there's mm-hmm. that quote, the Cullens don't, the Cullens come, don't come, here. come here. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... Jacob tells Bella the whole story of right. the cold ones and their their treaty with the Quaalude tri- the, right. I'm going to screw that name up. The tribe. Quaaludes. Quaalude. I was saying. At like, least I think that's how you say it. That's how they say it in the movie. I was saying uh, not like how I. Blog. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not how I said it in my head when I was reading the book, but right. I think it's Quaalude. If, if you have a proper pronunciation tell us in the comments we yeah. will be more than happy to correct ourselves right we don't but, want to offend the tribe either because they are actually a true native right. american and tribe we appreciate you guys not getting mad about the book and yeah um so also old tech alert by the way it throughout this whole book oh they, yeah the cd player right yeah um she googles something although i'm not even sure she googles it she just does a web search she just well that's in the movie no, no, she does. She does a web search in the in the um, book too, right? And then she's like listening to the CD player, right? Mm-hmm. And then like in chapter seven, she's talking about how she has to get the modem going, and then she's when she gets mm-hmm. after she gets back to the computer, all these pop up ads are yeah, kids. pop up right. ads were this thing when we had computers and you'd open your browser, all these little bots would just send stuff to your right. computer, right? And dial-up internet was where the phone worked as the internet. It plugged in. Welcome to being old. <laughs> <laughs> and it made the sound. Yeah. <laughs> and then you heard, you've got mail. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Ginger's excited. Somebody's up front. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, you know, it's cool. I like dogs, uh, too. So, um, I, 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 speaking of the music, do you know what uh, band she was listening to? No, I don't. Muse. 
Oh, and yes. this is all over the soundtrack. All That's over the cool. soundtrack. So when Stephanie Meyer, oh my gosh, this is really painting me as like one of those crazy fans, isn't it? No, when Stephanie it's, Meyer was it's, writing it's, the book. This was all over the, the yes. movies. Yes. So when she was writing the book, she was listening to Muse and My Chemical Romance, which who wasn't listening to Muse and My Chemical Romance in the mid, oh, well, I was in the mid 2000s. The club bangers, you know, Little John oh and all that jazz. Oh, but you're a baby, so that's okay. But I was probably, it's true. I was way too old to be an emo person, but somehow I felt like that was my people. (laughs) I was too old for it. But anyway, that's what Stephanie Meyer was listening to. And so just based on that description of what she was doing, and I think I've actually seen an interview with her where she said, it's Muse. And if I'm wrong, other fans that know more than me, please correct me. I'm I'm okay with being wrong. I'll apologize, but I'm pretty sure it was me. You know what? Link the Reddit thread in the comments, even. Yeah, like, like, yeah. Do it. We're here us. for it. We want yeah. the receipts, y'all. So, let's do see. you think? Do you think this book would have had the same impact if, or would it have had a different impact if Edward was a traditional vampire who fought his urges specifically and only for Bella? Like, what I if he think- were truly like? the traditional vampire and he just did it. I don't, her. I think the story would be different because yeah. it, it would be more. So I just started vampire diaries on Netflix. I haven't read the books, but I, I just started. Okay. It. So vampire diaries is set in high school. And yeah. Well, like, well we owe Stephanie Meyer for launching all of this all vampire. These, oh, for sure. Yeah. Now like, I know that I, I want to say true blood series i know that that actually the first one of those came no the first one of those i think came out before didn't it the books did not the show the series right but But the whole vampire nonsense was it started with with right her popularity definitely blew this up right but so there's that storyline of the bloodsuckers in the town of vampire diaries right right and like it makes all this drama and it makes it more intense. I think it wouldn't he wouldn't be a high school student. If he's drinking blood in a small town. Yeah, that's a good point. They're not gonna be crossing paths. They're you're not gonna be getting the dynamic and the relationship that they're having. Yeah. And so um I don't think that the, it made sense for them to be high school students anyway. Um But how else would they cross paths? They wouldn't, obviously, and that's the whole point of that. But I don't think it ever made sense to me that they were high schoolers because they're clearly too smart for that because they've done all this many, many, many times, besides the fact that apparently they're all brilliant. Um, Every single one of them. Let's not lie. They want to start with Edward being a freshman so that they can stay somewhere for longer. But since they all have those, like, relationships together, I feel like that wouldn't work being in high school nobody is gonna just let it slide that rosalie um is making out with her brother emmett like, we're just not gonna let that slide no like i went on a tirade actually about this with matt when i was re-listening to this audiobook so mm-hmm. we never write vampires as like 40 year old accountants who randomly got bit at a club one night and are now trying to figure out their life it's always a 17 year old golden goddess who's just trying to find love (laughs) well they're not always young because if you interview with a vampire they're not young but But they also were like fancy pants rich guys so like more like modern day more modern day stuff you, right. you don't meet Denise who's 40 and right. she's an accountant by day and right. Right. just was trying to find love and got bit by a dude in a club and now has to figure out how to feed herself. Like, right. right. <laughs> and if you write that, I get credits. Thanks. <laughs> well, that's sort of the magician's TV show kind of does that, but with werewolves. Yeah. So, I don't know if so, you saw the magician's um, was good. Do you want to finish up with like our compare contrast to the movie real quick? Yes, I do. And then I have a final quick take question okay, for you, you to wrap that, up. But no, no, no. Let's first talk about the movie. And then I have a quick take question that we'll end with. I, I think it'll be. Okay. Uh, so I hate movie Bella. Hard. But I bad. like Kristen Stewart. I love Kristen Stewart. I Not movie hate. Bella. Movie Bella. Why does she always make this face? Oh, and why is she always in pain? And, does she and why is she always like, would you kiss me? Does she have no? Goals? 
Girl, girl, are you passing a kidney stone? Or, yeah. or, or, or are you birthing a small child? What is going on? Right. She always, so she always looks like she has to, like, be hidden in her hair. And, like, this and is... I, I have a feeling this was all direction, by the way, by directors and, like, yeah. people behind the scenes. I, I would kind of... Love you. Yeah, I would blame this on the first director who only directed the first movie. Right. Um, and I... I I feel like the first movie is the worst of all of the movies. And I think a lot of that had to do with the direction. And Kristen Stewart is a fantastic actress. And people that have only seen her in Twilight do not understand that. Like, she is fantastic. She's so um, good. She's Go like watch a- Panic Room. Oh, Panic, Panic Room's great. Room. And she was a kid in that. But right. as an adult, um, what is that mo- that book that we read that uh, it's about the woman with Alzheimer's and then it was made into Oh, still movie. Alice! Yes, still Alice. She's so amazing in that. She's okay, amazing. See the new Hulu show with her in it and no. Levy. It's, oh um, yes, I, the movie. Yes, I yes, saw it. It was so good. so good. So good. So good. So she was good in Charlie's Angels. Okay, I didn't see that. Okay, so the new Charlie's Angels remake. Kesu, love ya. You right. are hilarious, fantastic. But Kristen Stewart as Bella. No, no. No. Now, does she have the physical look of how I picture Bella? Yes. Word. She looks exactly like how I picture Bella. Of course. She does not act how, I mean, she's just, it's bad. It's so whiny. It's bad. You can actually watch YouTube clips. I highly recommend people do this. You can watch YouTube clips that it's like bad acting in Twilight. And like, there's a scene where she and oh. Rob Stewart, Edward, roll up into her dad's police station and she goes, what is going on? <laughs> and the way she said it is, is like, okay. what is going on? Like, okay. that's not how you talk. Like, that's not a natural way to talk. So if you want to see a funny video about that, uh, Try Guys do a really hilarious video of how they reenact the whole that's amazing. Series, which I will put in comments. We'll put in the comments of the YouTube. That's amazing. Page. It's so funny because the Try Guys are funny. But, like... That's amazing. I'm just trying to do it. So, that... I, I also don't... I'm not a fan of... Talking about the first movie, I'm not a fan of the lighting. Like, everything is no. blue. Why is everything blue? blue? It makes my brain and hurt. the series as a whole, they don't do a very good job of not changing the way the vampires look. No. So, they... Edward, I mean, obviously Robert Pattinson was getting older as the series was going on, so he is changing. By the end of that series, he was so tired of press. Oh, yeah. And and there was like a whole scandal where Kristen Stewart cheated on him and like they were, it was like a whole thing. So I'm sure he was just over it. But I I also think the cheating stuff, and I think we're only getting one point of view of that. Oh, absolutely. I and who knows like, Who knows what really even happened? I, I feel like that was just a forced narrative to keep Twilight relevant. It could have been. It could have been. And I feel like when you have a PR agent in front of you saying, you have to be mad. Your girlfriend's cheating on you. Even if she's not your girlfriend anymore. You fake yeah. it. And that oh, were, were they like, even together? Like, we don't really know. I mean, it I could have been. Robert Pattinson was just par- probably tired of playing the Twilight game. Well, and he's a better actor than he plays Edward. I don't know. I don't, before Twilight, after Twilight, the only thing I saw him in was Harry Potter. And it's like, Cedric, you're a terrible actric- actor. I- you should see Water for Elephants. He's really that was good, good. In that. Okay, I did like that. And and also the the book is really good too. If you haven't read the book, I've read the book. I've read the book. The Twin Towers the- movie he was in. Um, there was a movie about Twin Towers. I'll put it in the comments of what it, it's called. It's- well, and now he's finally going to be Batman. So I have strong opinions about that. Yeah, I don't really I'm watch strong- the DC movies, and I, I I am a comic book nerd. So I yeah. do have strong opinions about all the castings. I still have issues with Ben Affleck being Batman. So Yeah, I don't get that at all. Come for me in the comments. We'll fight. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um so But no, I I the movie the 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 lighting was bad uh, over the series the the characters changed too much. For the third and fourth, or sorry, the fourth and fifth, they try to make Alice's hair more similar to what it is in the right. 
why don't we just keep consistency, man? Right. And that's just what bothered me. Like, actually, the way Alice's hair is described, she had basically had a shaved head that had started to barely grow out. Um, right. So in the last two movies, they kind of give her a really short wig. I liked her little flippy things she had going on. Yeah. And, and they should have just kept that because the vampires are not supposed to change. The true rock um, star of those movies is Charlie. He does not change. He sticks yes. to his life. He does yes. not well. Also, he's a really great actor, too. He is. He's so good. What is his name? Bill Burke. Yes. And he's on um, uh, 911 Lone Star right now. Oh, which is really? a Fox show. Yeah, he's a character on there. I think he might get promoted to series regular next season. That's nice. Spoilers. Congratulations, if you haven't seen the season finale. Um, yeah, so the movie, not my favorite. Um, I, I have to say something about the final movie that is one of my least favorite plot holes that the movie creates, not the book. The movie ends with Alice showing Edward the future for Renesmee and Jacob. But she can't do that because she right. could never see Renesmee's future. So why? Right. Why? But I did okay. love I did love what they did with the final movie where they gave a reason um for right. for them for Arrow not attacking them. That was brilliant. And I literally was I crying okay. and hysterical in the movie. I was like, oh, okay. they killed him. They killed him. They killed him. <laughs> Oh, killing Carlisle was, you know how many people were, okay, so if you went, there was a lot of us that went to the midnight showings. Yeah, I didn't go to the midnight showing, but I went to the next day with my husband. I went to midnight showing of the last one, and it was here in the Houston area, and it was Mm -hmm. a lot of us in our age group and like with their teens and whatnot, Mm -hmm. and there was a audible, (gasps) when they killed Carlisle. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to show you what Tom's face was. I know that you that are listening to this pod will not be able to see this. Those of you watching on YouTube can see. I'm literally hysterical, grabbing onto Tom. They killed Carlo. They killed Carlo. I'm so loud. I don't know how people were not complaining. And Tom's sitting there like this. (laughs) He made no indication that he cared, that this was important to him. And he's read all the books. He knows that this is not the same thing that happened in the book. And he's just sitting there, blank face, like, okay, whatever. I dragged Matthew to that. (laughs) So I dragged Matthew to that. And we all audibly gasped. And Matt leans over and goes, I don't remember that happening. (laughs) (laughs) It did it. That's why we're freaking out. He goes, uh... Am I missing something? I go, I don't know. Watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. All right. So so I actually just came up with a second quick take. So we're going to have two oh. quick takes. And I think we need to wrap up because we're getting close to that hour mark. And, you know, people we are, are really, and people are done with their exercise and they don't want to listen to us anymore. So two quick takes. Two quick takes. What is your pet peeve plot hole? Of the first of the, we'll go with the series. Pet peeve plot hole of the series. Okay, so I just saw TikTok on this. Stephanie okay. Myers has said over and over that every liquid that comes out of these vampires is venom and turns people. How do they make a baby if, okay, I'm getting graphic. If every liquid that comes out of those vampires is venom, she oh. should have turned into a vampire during sex, not made a baby. Yeah. So my biggest plot hole is also with the baby. Uh, Renezme is their child. Um, I, I'm sorry, folks. I'm going to be a little graphic here. Sperm is we alive. Sperm right. is alive. Vampires right. are dead. Also, right. does Edward just walk around with an erection all the time because he's like <laughs> hard stone? So is he just like always like packing heat, like walking around erect all the time, but somehow he has sperm? Like, how does he have sperm? Wh- how? So that's that's also my biggest uh, okay, plot hole. So I, I have to say, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense. If, no. If all of the liquids that come from these vampires create venom. Yeah. You're going to die, Bella. <laughs> but it's during sexy time, so congratulations. Right. Yeah. Pop your cherry, you're a vampire. All right, so. <laughs> Mazel tov. Right. Uh, So now, second quick take, and then I think we're going to wrap up for the day. Um, 
Team Edward or Team Jacob? Ooh. Um, books, I'm Team Edward. Movies, Jacob. Uh, books, Team Edward. Movies, Team Jacob. But damn, Taylor Lautner. He was a child. We're not allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just say that for when he was older. Okay. okay. I- <laughs> we appreciate the young man you have grown to be, young man. Um, I will say this. I, when it comes to Edward versus Jacob, I think Jacob has always been loyal. Mm-hmm. I will not doubt. I never doubt jacob's loyalty to bella throughout the series edward constantly makes me judge his loyalty he keeps leaving her he makes he can't decide if he wants to stay or if he wants to go like edward is trying to protect her from a literal monster himself he is thinking about himself no he's thinking about her because he loves her enough it's like that song happier which is uh, I want I, you to be happier. Yeah, I want you to be happier. Even if that means you can't be with me, I want you to be happy. And that's why Edward is her true love because he does love her enough to be unselfish for her. Jacob thinks he owns the right to be in a relationship. That is with true. Her. I will say that he does feel like he has divs. He did call. He thinks he's got shotgun. Okay. Again, we reiterate, men folk. Just because you're pals does not mean you have dibs on your lady friend. Right. And girls, too. You don't have dibs on your man, friend. No. Okay, so. All right, so I think we have to wrap up. We definitely do. So next week is. Next week. Is the fourth episode. Fourth episode. Um, I'm going to be your host. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about the selection. I brought the book over just because I was so excited. Oh, my gosh. I have Twilight on my desk here, too. Ooh, the selection. Uh, Kira Cass has got to have the best illustrators for her covers oh they're gorgeous gorgeous. okay so supposedly this is in talks to be a netflix show yes i have heard that so i'll have i'll have the goods for that when we do this um this is fun so read kira casts the selection um and we will talk about that next week yes um so thank you all so much for joining us, Molly. As always, I love to see you. I love, I love to talk face. books about you. Of it's course. With you. It's amazing. I love talking uh, books with you. Uh, as always, it's been a blast, babe cakes. Yeah. Been a blast. Uh, like, subscribe, share. All the things. Friends, tell your grandma. Follow us. Please email us. Gra- please tell your grandma we were talking about vampire sperm today. <laughs> vampire sperm, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> all right. Bye. Thank you you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April and not of anyone else. Today's book was Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins. And music is Sleep Sweetly by Brigida. Don't forget to follow the Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you would like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.